0: Hey, what's happening, guys? Uh, I got a special Eastman's Elevated for you today. So this is Around the Campfire with Mike Eastman. Uh, we sat Mike down, and we had him tell some of his best hunting stories. And And if you haven't heard Mike tell a story, it, it, it's like a work of art. Uh, Mike's so animated and enthused and... and he, he's able to remember these details of these stories and he's got such a flow to it as well. So it's a special treat. We're going to release this story today. Uh, make sure to give me some feedback. I'll make a post about it on my social media and let me know what you guys think is this is um, kind of a, a, a new branch of Eastman's elevated and we've got a, a few more of these stories recorded and, and get some other guys on this telling stories. And so I think this can be a really cool deal. Um, so, Uh, We're going to get right into it. This is uh, Mike Eastman around the campfire. Eastman's Elevated. Here we go. Hi, folks. This is Mike Eastman. Uh, They told me I got to tell a few of my old stories back when I was uh, growing up in Jackson Hole. Before, Jackson Hole was full of millionaires and billionaires. In fact, let you little know that Jackson Hole was the poorest county, Teton County, in the state of Wyoming. and It was so poor that the government gave money to two shysters and they built a ski area so the men in Jackson Hole had a place to work in the winter. It was really poor. But one thing that Jackson Hole had, it had hunting. The best hunting in the West. Now, there's going to be people Say, oh no, Idaho had better hunting, Montana had better hunting. But let me tell you, in Jackson Hole, we had eight or nine thousand head of elk that came down in the winter. So, no other place had that many elk. So, what we're going to do here is I'm going to tell you some of the old stories when I grew up in Jackson Hole, okay, as a kid. Not some high rolling. Hunter that had a guide, but a kid that moved to Jackson Hole when he was 12 years old and went, Oh my gosh, give me a gun and let me go hunting. So that's what we're here for. All right. Okay, this story is kind of a funny story. This is back when I was outfitting there. I had. Two two brothers. I was the oldest one. My middle brother, Brad, had a hunting camp in the Bridger Wilderness up at Pelgrim Creek. My younger brother had a camp in the Jedediah Wilderness and I had a camp in the Jedidiah Wilderness. And you go, where's the Jedidiah Wilderness? That's in the Tetons. I mean, everybody knows the Tetons. Well, there's portions of it on the east side and of course on the west side is all national forest and became a wilderness so this is kind of an elk story and it's kind of funny here's two guys I was like 22 or 3 just out of Vietnam I got a hunting camp in the wilderness there and my brother Rod, which is my younger brother, he had a hunting camp and um, I had two days between hunts and I'm, I'm always looking for places I can get a hunter in to hunt mule deer. I didn't care about elk, this is strictly mule deer hunting and the Tetons had a lot of big high basins and those basins those bucks would summer in and then of course they migrated out and and I was up a place called Phillips Canyon, and if you get my first book, Hunting High Country Mule Deer, I kind of talk about this a little bit, but uh, I had two days off from hunts, and I'm trying to figure out how to get hunters up there with horses, you know, they can't backpack up there. When I was young, like 15, 16, 17 years old, I'd backpack in those basins and hunt those big bucks, but I got to get hunters up there. So I was on my favorite horse, which is a, a, a Morgan, a mountain Morgan, and we'll get into that someday down the line, big stout Morgan horse. And I'm trying to work my way up. You're gonna realize this is a slide like this, working you know, straight up and down, trying to work my way up into those basins, and I'm, I'm making a trail in there and using my axe to blaze a trail so I can get hunters up there, because there's really some really trophy mule deers up there. And I, I've got my gun, 7 millimeter Magnum, and it's a Ruger. I bought it when I come back from Vietnam. I'm sitting there in the Jackson Hole sporting goods store. And the old boy says, hey, these are new guns by a company called Ruger. And they got a 7mm and it's called a 77. I looked at it and says, yeah, that's good. That's a really good gun. So I'm shooting a 7mm Magnum, okay? I got it not behind like some, I don't know, cowboy behind here and there it's on the withers and the front like this because the withers of a horse is the stoutest part of the horse that's how come your saddle sits on top of the withers and that gun I always put the gun on on the withers right here so anyway I was sitting there seven millimeter magnum and I'm going up trying to figure out how to get up there and me and Ichabod that's That's the name of the horse. He was one of the best mountain horses i ever seen in 40 years. I mean, that horse could go from eight, no, five, no, I'm thinking here, 6,000 feet to 10,000 feet every day for 45 days and not lose weight. And he was a big Morgan. And if you, you know, people talk about you know, quarter horses, talk about this horse, talk about that horse. But Morgans, big-time Morgans, are the best mountain horses I've ever run into. But anyway, that's another story. We'll get on that in another episode. So anyway, me and Ip- I- Ichabod, we're going up, and we get up there, and I look, and I'm, I'm on Ichabod, and he's 16 and a half hands high. Big long legged, could go anywhere horse. And I'm looking and here, eye level on that horse, here's these. You can see where something, whether it was moose or elk, had been stripping it, you know, taking care of their antlers, doing this and that before the rut. And this is like the end of October, and we have what we call the no seams little bugs, little gnats and they hit the horses right here on their breast and they dig in and suck the blood and you do not in our country want to ride a white horse because it really attracts them but poor ichabod was like a circle like this was just bleeding from those suckers and i go and i'm going "Ah, sorry ichabod we're up here and i look at this brush i mean this pole and it's brushed it so if i got off ichabod it's almost six feet tall and there's good moose up there shire's moose but i look down and look at the tracks and it's a bull and this particular area in phillips has a lot of mule deer but very few elk and um i go oh that's a really good moose and so I get off Ichabod, and it got really kind of western, and, and we're going up this ridge, a knife ridge, rocks, and rocks are peeling off, doing this and that. And I walk up, and I stop, and I look, and it's a chute. People, it's a chute like this with rocks. And what I mean by a shoot, it was, a, it was where uh, in the winter, the snow would come down as an avalanche. There's completely no trees except little shrubs like this. Everything is wasted out and big rocks and stuff. And I just turn and I look. Echo go, and I can see him out there at 150 yards. Here's a bull elk. All right, and I'm looking a way to get up there to take hunters for meal deer. Well, I got an elk permit. Okay. I look, and he's laying there flat and all four legs are stretched out like this and his head's on the ground and i first thing i go oh somebody killed a heck of a bull elk and i look at the bull elk and i go he's a seven point because he has two risers he's got a a, uh the third point and away in the back i see three other points so i think looking at elk all my life well, is a seven-point bull, and he's, and he's laying there like this. I go, I and then I, th- next thought, I go, well, somebody shot that bull. They flipped him over and uh, dressed him out. He wouldn't be like this. And just about then, he was so close, folks, just about then I saw his eyes go blink, blink. I go, he's alive. And I look at him, and he's got mange. And what mage is, is the old bulls will rut and rut and rut, and, and they have this lice on them, and when they get beat down, the lice takes over, and their whole body is almost uh, no hair. Because the lice eats the hair. And I look at him, and he's and his almost his whole body's almost black, except for his mane sitting there. And the wind is blowing down this, uh, down this canyon. Down, not a canyon, but a, down this snowslide. So the wind's blowing like this. And like I said, these gnats are all over. I go, holy crap. He, he's got the mange. And I said, well, I think he's alive because his eyes go blank, blank. So I pulled the old 7-millimeter Ruger out of my freaking, and I let the reins go down on Ichabod. And and I'll tell you right now, Ichabod is a a hunting fool. And I pulled up, and there was a little sapling. I put the gun against there, and he's looking right at me. I said, this is a seven-point bull. touched it off. The bull gets up and I go, Holy crap, he really is alive. And he turns quarter to go away, and I jock another shell in and I pull up again and touch her off and go right here and out this way. And I see him tow it uh, down. He goes, Ichabod stood right there, didn't run, did anything. He's he's my guide horse okay you guys that do this you have guide horses you know this you know those guide horses will stand there and i want to get into this maybe another episode we were will. so i got up ichabod and we go down it was rock sliding and he's doing this we go down and go up and there's a ridge here where he fell off and went up there and there he is dead holy crumb and i counted three times one two three four five six wait a minute there's a space this big with no no horn in it no point i don't want three. oh shoot he's in a seven point he's a six point crumb so i got this bull dead and he has absolutely no hair except for his mane he's all and this is after the rut okay this is like november 10th or something Okay, I'm f- struggling over, oh, I wanna say one thing. All you guys there that think DIY, solo hunting, that's good, but us old timers were doing that a long time ago and that's the way we hunted. I'm up there all by myself with this freaking elk in the middle of nowhere on a wilderness because that's the way I roll. I hunted all by myself most of the time so, anyway, I roll him on, I gut him out, <laughs> and that knife that uh, he had this, you know, his skin had like um, uh, shingles, and you sit there and go like this, and you couldn't get through it, and but I finally got through it, gutting them out, opening him up, and... I want to see right now, these guys that you see with their quarters on their back, with their legs hanging out, that's not cool, man. All you have to do is do the butcher, cut right here, took them off. That's what I did, took all four legs off. When I was out, when I was guiding for Keith Stelson, we had a contest. Who could take the legs off without missing and... 19-year-old kid won the contest two, $200 in my pocket and went to the cowboy bar and who knows what happened there. But anyway, I cut him off, flipped him over, did this. So I got this bull out, and he's a big bull. We're talking big, big. So, okay, I got on Echabog, went down. I'd shot him about 10 o'clock in the morning. I went down, loaded the Ichabod up, and we went back to the ranch. Uh, And I had to go back and, of course, get two pack horses. And I showed up, and here's my younger brother, Rod, sitting there drinking coffee. I said, Rod, I got a bull elk up here. You want to help me? No. Oh, come on, Rod. No, I don't want to go up there and pack a nail up. Oh, it's a really easy pack of some Phillips. It's really. Rod, you help me out. I'll, I'll buy you a case of beer. Okay, I'll go. So we went and loaded up two. Got the horse trailer, loaded up two pack horses. His horse, my horse, Ichabod again. Okay. Ichabod went up, went down, and we went back up there. And do, 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 you look there, and he goes, "Where in the hell is this it? It's like freaking things like this, okay? It's just a little further, Rod. Just uh, bring him in. We got uh, through the rocks, and the horse was falling down through this, and we went down into the in, into the chute, and there he is. And Rod goes, "Oh, holy crap!" I said, "Yeah, I said, ah, don't worry. We can pack him out." And I looked at him, and I I worked. For Keith Stelson, back in 1968, as a guide, and that year there was one bull we had to six, like you do a moose. Shire's moose get so big, a thousand pounds. You have to six them. Well, how do you six them? You have the the hinds, and you have the uh, you have the uh, 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 rib cage, and then you have the fronts. You have to six them on uh, three horses. And I didn't know that until we killed a moose up there. I guided the guy killed a moose, and and uh, Keith came along. That's another story about him, but unbelievable. And we packed it out with two, uh, three-headed horses. We get up to this elk, and I look at him. I go to myself. My mind's going, oh, this is really a big bull so we quartered it. okay we get them all quartered the fronts the backs we got two pack horses and we get we get ready and we're going to sling i think i think we're slinging the backs and and when you sling call sling we sling the backs with a barrel hitch and i'm not going to get in that maybe someday i will this is all bridger stuff you know Jim Bridger, stuff, how the old mountain men used to do it. I'll get into that someday. Uh, My outfitter, uh, Keith Stilson's father and grandfather. Anyway, we'll get into it. So so, uh, me and Rod had two hunting camps, and they wouldn't let us run our our, our, uh, horses to graze out there. We had to bring in pellets, and the pellets were a hundred-pound sacks of pellets, and that's how we fed our horses. Had to keep them in the corral and fed them. And so all fall, you know, we we'd sling I, I'd, I'd sling a uh, hundred-pound pellets, and and we used to do it with a, with a, uh, not a, um, we used to do it with a basket hitch, and you know, lift it up and. So I had I had the fronts here and the hinds here, and and I always do the hinds first, because hinds are really tough. You gotta leave a one, you gotta leave one uh, rib on the hinds. So you grab it like this on a barrel hitch and go like this and around. Man, that's another story. So I grabbed that, reached down, and I was pretty stout. I only weighed a hundred and. Believe it or not, folks, I only weighed 175 pounds. And uh, when I came out of Vietnam, I weighed 155 pounds. But I I had a six-pack like these guys. And I grabbed a hold of that. And I reached went like this, and I got this right here. And I dropped it. And my brother goes, oh, you wuss. Let me do that. Okay, and I will... He grabbed it, and to his credit, he got it right here, and he dropped it. He goes, holy crap, we should have sixed this. I said, nah, eh, we can't six it now because we got it all busted up. So both of us grabbed and put it up there and ran around, and I held it and did a, a double hitch, and we both ran around and grabbed the other one and did a barrel hitch, And to put a diamond on it and put the horse right there, you know, kind of off. And then we had to do the fronts. And the fronts you do with a basket hitch. And we did uh, did a basket. We both had to grab and put the basket hitch and then throw a diamond on them. And as we were doing the basket hitch, I was on the offside. And my brother was doing the pulling. And as we do doing it, I look over here, and here's this little black horse with those two hinds on it. And it was like this, and her, she was quivering. She was a little mare. She was quivering like this. With, I go, oh, crap. And we, we took care of the fronts, <laughs> and my brother tailed it, and I told him, I says, we got to get. It was all downhill, thank God. I said, do not stop we need to go downhill and don't stop because if we stop those two horses are going to lay down and we aren't going to get them up with this and we just went down and down and down and it was like eight miles down and down to the truck and through through them in the truck and that was it and just to let you know the bull elk had It's the longest main beam Bullock ever killed, 57-inch main beams. The two front risers were 21 inches, but he kept petering out, and he scored 356. Who cares? But it was a a great hunt, and I can always remember that. And those poor horses went down through that rock slide going, I don't know if— any of you ever seen it, they tippy-toe and they're doing this, dancing around like this from one rock to the other, doing this. And I'm like, don't lay down. Cause I knew if they laid down, we would be S-O-L'd. And then what do we do? And those two horses just packed that out and it should have been sixed. So that's that story, folks. So I, I have a way for you to end the, your stories. Ready mm-hmm. for this? You go, and that's how I remember it. Okay. You if know, you what? just if, just give me the tippy toe. Let me hear. Let me see. So. Okay, the tippy toe thing. Yeah, just do the tippy toe and go, and okay. that's how I remember. We're going down to our rock slide and those two, I turned back and I got on Ichabod and he's just, you know, dancing like he does. And I look and these two pack horses with all that weight on her, boom, 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 and doing this and doing that. I go, oh, I hope they make it. And they did. And that's the way I remember it.